Well, it wasn't all good news from Alabama's big win over Kentucky. There was also some good news on the recruiting front. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. I think I botched that, but I'm not starting over. I also botched the cold open. I'll file that under, uh, shouldn't have tried that comma, cold open. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't. And thanks for game time for sponsoring this app. I mean, this app, this podcast. Look, I just got back from Kentucky. <laughs> I just coached my daughter to the soccer championship. Y'all give me some slack for a second, okay? I, there are a lot of things I've already done wrong. But something that Alabama did right was get a commitment from Zion Grady one of the, what, top 25 players in the country for 2025, Jimmy? He's certainly in that range. I think uh, on three has him just a tad lower. I think what where I would put Zion Grady is in that uh, borderline five-star, meaning he, he may very well prove to be a five-star in the 2025 process, a little early for that. I mean, there's only going to be right now probably – just a very small handful of guys that are, you know, slam dunk five stars, write it down now. I think Zion is going to be one of those contenders for uh, that five, that fifth star. Uh, he has been a high-profile player in the state of Alabama since uh, his freshman year. This is a well-known kid from one end of the state to the other by people in the recruiting industry and by the colleges. Um, and that's because he's he's prototypical for the position for a pass rusher which is what he is. He's long. I mean, that all starts with long and athletic, and that's him. Uh, I think he's listed at 6'4", but he's a kid that, that's every bit of 6'4". He's got the uh, prototypical wingspan. His burst out of his stance is really impressive. I mean, he he plays downhill uh, a lot in high school, and that's what he's going to be asked to do at Alabama mostly. This is a guy recruited to play the Will Anderson, Dallas Turner-type role. Uh, that's what he is. Um, he's going to have to develop physically, of course. But one one good start he's got to his his development, I think, Luke, is he's physical. I mean, a lot of kids, his build and a lot of kids that do what he does in high school, they're flashy. They're outside guys that just they're like track dudes that burst out of their track stance and chase down the quarterback. That, that just makes you almost more of a track guy than a football player. Zion, it goes by Ziggy. Ziggy is a football player. He's very physical. His team even lines him up inside at defensive tackle on uh, on some plays. Uh, he's a great bull rusher. You see him just bull, bull rush dudes, uh, much bigger than himself. Uh, I mean, this is a physical football player. He just happens to be one of these long pass rushers. So this was a really big pickup for Alabama. You know, the recruiting calendar is so screwed up. Sometimes I don't think we celebrate this enough because it's so long until he signs in December of 2024. So you're talking about 13 months before he signs. But Luke, if we'd have picked this dude up about a week or two right before signing day, we would be like dancing Irish jigs. I mean, uh, you know, you just get them so far in advance now, it almost mutes the celebration. But uh, this is worthy of any five-star celebration so uh smoke them if you got them do your tequila shot whatever you do to celebrate alabama landing a big time talent do that because it can't be overstated uh this is a really big pickup for alabama 
Uh, it definitely is. Uh, I like him a lot. For those who don't know, he's at Troy Henderson in, uh, excuse me, Charles Henderson in Troy, Alabama. I'm sorry, I had to put up our new screen that, that I forgot to do. And so uh, it was just looking weird there for a second, but uh, everybody will get over again. Another thing I've screwed up so far, but it's okay. Y'all know this was happening. Hey, Zion, Zion's staying committed no matter how many mistakes we make on this show. Zion <laughs> will remain committed to Alabama, so no panic. Uh, Ziggy Grady is uh, 6'4", 210 pounds. That seems a little light, but I'm willing He's probably to... a little bigger than that right now. Uh, yeah, I think I was, I was I, that was the size at one point. I, we think he's a little closer, maybe 6'4", 225-ish yeah. right yep. now. And, uh, hey, no no worries. This is a junior in high school. I, I think this is a kid that's going to easily carry 245, maybe as much as 250 uh, during his college career at Alabama. And what I love – um, very highly nationally thought of, uh, third, number 35 in the country, according to you guys over at on three. Um, of course, Ryan Williams, number three in the country, Alabama's committed. He may reclassify and he does. If he does, that'll bump Zion Grady up a little bit more, obviously, uh, in the state and nationally. The number two guy in the state for 2025 is Naheem Offord from Parker High School. Ooh. I'm just curious. And then Micah DeBose is number three. Uh, He's committed to Georgia right now, but a lot of people believe he will ultimately flip to Alabama. And then Anquan Fagans, who at one time was committed to USC, but has since decommitted. I'm assuming Alabama's sort of back in on that too. I'm just curious. Uh, Don't want to get off uh, too much away from Ziggy because obviously he's a big-time commitment. But those three guys offered DeBose and Fagans. What do you think Alabama's chances are there? Well, Dubose, uh, best chance of the three. I, I really like Alabama's chances to flip him eventually. I don't know when that might happen. It might be the summer, uh, for for all we know. It might be another look in camp or or, or so. But but Micah Dubose, he could flip tomorrow. I'm not saying he needs camp. He could flip tomorrow. I'm just saying that. Uh, I don't I don't know what the timeline is there. I w- I would just think that uh that Micah Dubose is a serious uh, flip candidate. Uh, and boy, you're a good player if you can like stay committed to Georgia or flip to Alabama, right? Yeah. Um, now, Offord is going to be a fun one if you're into drama. I mean, Naheem Offord is a great, great, great prospect. I mean, he, th- this kid is is really, truly one of the better cornerbacks I have ever seen come from the state of Alabama in terms of just being a true cornerback prospect. Um I think Alabama has a great shot at Offord. And if we had to guess today, thank God we don't. But if we had to guess today, I'm going to go Alabama. But you're, you're going to have to fight for this one. That This is going to be a brutal – it's going to be a big dramatic thing, I think, for Offord. He's so good. Everybody wants him. He's at the top of everybody's wish list. Um, and as far as Anquan Fagans, believe it or not, even though his brother, uh, Traquan, for those who don't know, this is the younger brother of – former Alabama player Traquan Fagan, who came from the same uh, program. And uh, Samoth, Alabama, was at Alabama for over a year and then uh, hit the portal and is at Southern Cal. His uh, younger brother was committed there for a while, decommitted, and is now open to several schools, including Alabama. I think Anquan and Alabama have a really good relationship right now. That's another one, a little bit like offered, Luke. I'm guessing right now, I'm going to say Alabama, but – I wouldn't write that. I wouldn't chisel that in rock of those three. It would be Dubose that has the most likely ending up at Alabama, followed by Offord, followed by Fagans. All, but all three could easily end up at Alabama. I think the 2025 class, Luke, is going to be maybe, you know how like uh, Rembrandt or somebody like that, I don't know anything about art, 
um, I, you know, does this masterpiece and then signs it at the bottom. I think that's like what Nick Saban may do with this 25 group. <laughs> this is his Rembrandt. He may sign this 25 class. It'd be the all-time best, and he signs it at the bottom, and then we're talking about him being the master for ages off of it. Uh, I, I think the 25 class may prove to be Saban's uh, all-time best. Speaking of all-time best, we're about to talk about the CFP and where we think everybody's going to fall in the rankings when they come out um, Tuesday night. But we're going to go ahead and get into it because, you know, the AP polls come out. Alabama's still number eight. I, I don't agree with it, Jimmy, but it is what it is. Right now, though, I want to tell everybody about game time. Look, love game time. Again, game time. I made that up. They can pay me extra if they want to. Um, <laughs> but you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event. I don't. And I've gotten my tickets from for the Kentucky game this past week. I got them from game time because it was so easy. It's, it's just magical how easy this is. Um, I got my my son tickets to the World Series, and I've gotten tickets to other uh, contests, Alabama, Tennessee, through Game Time because I love the app so much. Game Time is fast and an easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It is so easy to use. You want to go get that Game Time app create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That'll give you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You're going to love this app. It's so, so easy. And if you want to check out the website, it's GameTime.co, GameTime.co. So go check out the Game Time app, though, because that's what I use, and it's super easy. And if I can use it, Jimmy can use it. And if Jimmy can use it, anybody can use it. That's true. All right. So, uh, Jimmy, let's do talk a little bit about the CFP, the college football playoff, because, you know, I'm beginning to get a little more worried than I thought. Uh, I mean, I still do have the opinion if Alabama wins out there in and because part of me is like some other things are going to happen. I don't know what they are. I do know today uh, it was announced Texas's uh, leading rusher is out for the year. That will hurt them a little bit. Obviously, they do have a tough game with Iowa State coming up. I think they've also got a game against Texas Tech. Texas Tech just went to Kansas and beat Kansas. So I guess nothing's crazy. Um, they are going to play in the Big 12 championship game and. You know, there's no telling what could happen there. I mean, that whole conference is sort of wonky. But uh, I don't feel like Texas is who I really want to be chasing. Now, we were on a text chain, and somebody brought this up, and it was a good point, that the first initial CFP actually had Oklahoma behind Alabama and behind Texas, even though Oklahoma had beaten Texas. And, uh, and they all had one loss. So it's not unprecedented if Alabama were to pass them, which I think they can. Again, if you go and beat Georgia now, especially if we, we all believe Georgia's going to beat Tennessee, which I think is pretty clear now, and then Georgia will beat Georgia Tech, and then um, it'll be Bama, Georgia, seemingly, hopefully, both of them, uh, one of them undefeated, one of them with one loss. And uh, you would think the winner of that game would get in. It makes a lot of sense. Now, does that mean that perhaps, um, you know, something has to happen, Washington – uh, you know, Washington's got to go to Oregon State. That's going to be no walk in the park this weekend. They, I think they also have to play Washington State, who's fallen off a cliff a little bit, but it's still a rivalry game. So, I mean, look, a lot of things have to happen. But I don't like the fact 
that Alabama State at eight. I feel like Alabama's done enough at this point to at least move ahead of Oregon. And before everybody just throws their hands up saying that's just nothing but SEC buys, Alabama's got a lot better wins than Oregon. Oregon's best win is a close loss to Washington. Right? Yeah, their best win is over Utah. And how, how good is, is that win now? And I think that's Oregon's best win. Or USC. I mean, maybe that's their best win. And as we know, I mean, I think USC's lost four games. Utah's lost three games. Uh, and that's Oregon's best wins. Uh, Alabama has wins over Ole Miss, Tennessee, LSU. Uh, you know, a lot of good teams. So I, I'm with – I think Alabama should be ahead of Oregon right now. I don't think they will be in the CFP. Uh, I think the CFP is going to remain basically unchanged. Maybe Georgia might be number one now. Uh, that wouldn't should surprise be. me. They and, should and they be. Should, they're the best team. I think we all agree. I mean, Georgia's just the best team. They might be one, but I don't think Alabama's position is going to change. What I'm now hoping, my new hope, as, uh, as they said in the Star Wars, the new hope, uh, the new hope for me, Luke, is that defeating an undefeated two-time defending national champ in the in the SEC championship game is the juice Alabama needs to leap over the winner of Oregon-Washington unless it's Washington. Assuming Oregon beats Washington if they play in the Pac-12 championship game, assuming Texas wins the Big 12, I don't think Texas's win over Alabama precludes Alabama from jumping them once Alabama beats Georgia, I, I don't think Alabama is going to leap Texas until that happens. If it happens, uh, I think the win over Georgia is the the ace card, the trump card, the the we the we've got it now is the win over Georgia. And wishing that all these other teams lose doesn't seem to be working. Uh, it is crazy, uh, you know, Luke. This is the first time uh, ever that there have been five 10 and 0 power five teams in the whole CFP era plus the BCS era. There has never been five power five teams at 10 and 0. We need to stop wishing these teams to lose. And we just need to hope that Alabama's win over Georgia, if that happened, would be enough. Uh, and we'll see. It, it may, it may, it may prove to be uh, certainly, but in the meantime, we'll, we'll root for upsets like Texas to lose to Iowa state possible. Uh, I doubt Oregon loses at Arizona State. Washington could easily lose to Oregon State this weekend. They're a fine team, uh, no doubt. Uh, Louisville-Miami is also kind of interesting because we need to get somebody in the ACC title game that has a chance to beat out North Carolina. Oh, you mean beat out Florida State? No, I mean, yeah, to beat out Florida State. No, and in my head, I'm like, North Carolina has the best chance to do that. <laughs> so yeah. I guess that's why I said that. But, you know, some so Florida State, we need them to match up with someone – and the ACC title game that they could lose to. I, I don't know that they could lose to Louisville. Maybe, but I don't know. Um, you know, one other thing that bothers me, there's this narrative that I keep hearing over and over and over again. And I, I really haven't pushed back because in the end, Alabama did lose by 10 on their home turf. The narrative is Texas dominated Alabama. Yeah. And people say Alabama, people forget this for whatever reason. Alabama had the lead going into the fourth quarter. Now, right. they ended up losing by 10. I don't dispute that. I, I don't dispute that it it was a um, a thorough win. It was a nice win, and it should count a lot for Texas. I do not dispute that. Dominated means to me that you, from beginning yeah. to end, beginning Alabama to end. just dominated Kentucky. Alabama just that, – that I can buy that. I don't buy 
Alabama being dominated when uh, after three quarters, Alabama had a three point lead. <laughs> I just don't. That's exactly that. right. When you consider that and the fact that who has improved, who's improved since that game, Alabama clearly has. Has Texas? I don't think so. I think Texas almost just lost to TCU this past weekend. Texas had other close calls. Uh, I, I, Texas has not improved. They're very good, highly capable, and to me, still basically the same team they were in week two, but I wouldn't say they're any better. Uh, Alabama clearly is, and Alabama led early in the fourth quarter in that game with a quarterback making his third career start uh, that has now become a fringe Heisman candidate in terms of top 10 type type talk. So uh, I, I think Alabama could pass Texas, uh, but it's probably going to take a win over, over Georgia. Yeah. Uh, and again, it may be a moot point. Georgia is very, 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 very good. And um, we yep. still have a lot of work to do. I mean, look, we got a lot of work to do before I'm really confident about going into Auburn, but that's just me having Auburnitis. That is me. I know a lot of Alabama fans just aren't worried about it. I know differently. I, I've, I, I tend to uh, absorb those Auburn losses worse than most. I understand that. But I'm just telling you that um, I think our – and also our path of having to play at Jordan-Hare Stadium then having to play probably the best team in the country and essentially a home game for them, those are t- that's yeoman's work, and uh, it's going to be tough. But let me tell you something that's not tough, something that's not tough at all, and that's ordering from Jace Medical. Uh, this been a fantastic sponsor. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize uh, what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on next the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your g- generics or Cialis or Vi- Viagra or Rovatio prescription. None of that stuff. I hope I'm saying that right. And this is the and this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical, and they are our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at JaceMedical.com to receive your 12 month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about. Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me, caused me to cut pills in half to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than normal pharmacies. I highly recommend this for every single person I know. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, Go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. So, Jimmy, let's wrap up this Kentucky game. Um, Again, I, mm-hmm. I had a blast. I've been to Lexington now, I think, three or four times. We don't go there very often. Obviously, now with the new schedule, I think we'll be going there a lot more. Um, but I, I really do enjoy the trip. It is pretty easily drivable, at least from Birmingham. I mean, it, it makes for kind of a long Sunday drive back, but that's okay. And uh, we had a lot of fun. You do the distilleries and you do all this other stuff. You can go to Keeneland. Um, you can see a lot of pretty countryside. Highly recommend it. But as far as the game goes, um, the more I, I keep looking at this, the more I'm impressed 
I am with Alabama overall. I really believe in my heart of hearts. Without that muff punt, Alabama might win that game 56 to nothing. <laughs> I, I know people may think mm. I'm, I'm reaching here. That muff punt was the definition of giving a team hope. And when you give somebody like Kentucky hope, they're not a bad squad. They got some dudes. Ray Davis is a dude. And here's another thing. The teams that have um, that have these, these you know, vaunted rushing attacks, we've shut them down. Now, mm-hmm. LSU, you want to say, okay, um, Jaden Daniels ran for 160 or whatever he did on us, fine. But he's not the running back. Their running back only had, I don't know, 40 or 50 yards. So, Ray Davis, we held him way below his average. Um, his longest run of the day, Ray Davis's longest run of the day was six yards. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, Just their backup running back had that home run, the 75-yarder, which wasn't a home run technically because I think uh, Caleb Downs caught him before he got uh, to the end zone. Way, that was, let me tell you something. That I know we don't want to give up a run like that. I get it. I understand 100%. But that's the kind of play that I think can define the character of a team. When Caleb Downs didn't quit on that at all, I mean, he was hauling butt down there. And wasn't there at least a um, a, a smidgen of doubt if there was a fumble in there? Uh, he did. I mean, he, if the ball came out, I, I, you know, he was down, but the ball okay. came out. And and I thought live that Caleb might have knocked the ball out. Okay. Uh, but but the replay showed that the guy down the, the ground sort of caused the fumble. But uh, but yeah, the ball did come out, and and it's a tremendous play that I think really showed, like like Luke says, really shows the character of the team and the character of Caleb. That even in that situation, we're like, we're not giving up a score. I'm gonna go catch that dude. We're not we're not giving up the score. But man, when you look at the stats, Luke, if you back that 70 yard run out, they had nothing. I mean, they had next to nothing if you back that one snap out where they got literally. Uh, a third uh, of their entire offense on the day on one snap. Uh, and it was, Hey, you know, give them credit. They did. They blocked it well. And Alabama didn't play it well up front play that should have been stopped by the front seven. They weren't close. I think that was a good play that indicated that Alabama missed Deontay Lawson a little more than I thought yeah. as both. I think both inside linebackers misplayed the long run Jihad and Trez both. Uh, gosh, but, uh, Man, Alabama was pretty good on defense, pretty good. Not my favorite defensive performance of the year, but pretty good. Offensively, they were pretty unstoppable. I think, Luke, had Alabama said, you know what? We're going to play 60 minutes with Milrow, and we're going to do our darndest to score a touchdown every possession. Alabama would have either done it every single time or maybe – Maybe you know not not have failed a time or two, uh, but no Alabama's offense with Milrow on the field was pretty unstoppable. Uh, throw in the fact that Milrow was playing with a significant thigh bruise, uh, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know it is weird how at the beginning of the year, um, even us. I mean, we had our doubts about Milrow and like, oh man, I'm worried. You know, just, fair. And now, when he was down on the ground for just a minute again, I thought it was a cramp at first. Um, the, the Alabama folks are always like, Oh God, please no, yeah. you know, yeah, that's it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost hilarious. And then it's not funny at all. Like, insane but, people were like, This guy's gonna be the quarterback, and now the same people are panicked over the thought of not having him. It's, it's 50% funny. And I hope we remember next time, Luke, that we start a quarterback 
who's never really started games before that it ain't going to look perfect right out of the gate. He's got to gain some game experience and, and some, some time uh, before we expect. I mean, that, that's how we've just been spoiled by particularly Bryce and Tua, who are freaks. They're freaks. They're not normal. That's not normal for five stars. Half of the five stars of the past two classes, Luke, aren't even starting. Hey, know, it is. And, it's bizarre. But let but me say Bryce this. and Tua were great right out of the gate. That's not normal, people. Let me let me also throw this in there. You know, yesterday I put up a picture. Um, I was at Drake Sports Bar in Kentucky, and uh, just happened to be that Jalen Milrow and his dad, uh, his dad, not Jalen Milrow, his dad, and and a lot of his other family members, I believe, were there, and some other folks. They had a big table with people like all walks of life there. So I don't really know what the story was. I didn't get into all that, but I went up to him because he was taking some pictures for people. So I got a picture with him, and I said, you know, I want you to know. We love him. He's awesome. And and we appreciate the patience he's shown. I mean, I, I said that he said, you know, I really appreciate all the fans that have told me that. Now, I mean, it, that may not be verbatim, but it was essentially that. And what it lets me know is he knew there was some criticism. He also knew some of that criticism may have even been warranted. But he also knew in his heart that. Jalen's a good player and eventually he'd figure this out. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean, again, Jalen's not going to even be first team all SEC. That that plum is going to Jaden Daniels, who's been incredible. I sold Jaden Daniels short even at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. I think Jaden Daniels deserves the Heisman Trophy. If I had a vote, I would vote for him. Yep. But I do believe Jalen Milrow right now is the second best quarterback in this conference and by default makes him a top eight quarterback in the country. That's pretty you know darn good. You know, it's crazy. I remember a conversation I on BOL on the BOL board where he discussed this sort of stuff every day. I, I remember back in about week four or week five. No, let's let's say after Milro had gotten a couple starts after South Florida and started looked like he was about figuring it out. I put this ranking of, of SEC quarterbacks and I ranked Milro ahead of Devin Leary and I was attacked and mocked. Attacked and mocked for saying Milro was better than Devin Leary. And look what happened this past weekend. Like Leary, now you'd be, Leary is now you'd be a, no, now you'd be attacked and mocked for going the other way, yeah. right? And that just shows how far Milro has come in a short period of time with Alabama fans. I mean, in terms of recognizing how how good this kid was. But yeah, back in uh, back in October, early October, if you said Jalen Milro was a better quarterback than than Devin Leary, uh, you, you were you were insane then. Per some no people. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more. We'll start digging into Chattanooga a little bit, probably talk some basketball as Alabama. Whammy Ward is their defensive coordinator. I did not know that until I was knee-deep in studying Chattanooga. You remember Whammy Ward? What do you mean do I remember him? Is it Alabama for 42 <laughs> years? He's, he's the only he player is, uh... that went from Ears Whitworth to Mike Shula. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's the, he's the Mox D.C., I mean, that's crazy. I'm happy for him. I like, you know what? Because he was the DC, I think, at Virginia Tech for a while, and he was good, wasn't he? He's had some successes. South Carolina, I think. Uh, he's had some. He's had some successes uh, in his college career. I was surprised. So I was kind of surprised because I'm like, wow, I would have. I, I didn't know he's still in coaching, but I guess he's at a bigger place. On the other end, he's been the DC at UTC now for about four years, and you know what? You got to be doing a pretty good job to keep that job for four years. You know, <laughs> that's not the norm in, uh, in in college football, even at even at UTC's level. All right, buddy. We'll talk tomorrow. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.